bum bum bottom 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 bum bum Session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. I'm Brad Gullickson. And each month we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four color realm. In this episode, we're interrupting our regularly scheduled program to bring you an emergency discussion regarding the final issue of Beta Ray Bill, written and illustrated by Daniel Warren Johnson. Oh, yeah. We have not done one of these since way, way, way back with Giant Size X Men number one. But it's Wednesday, issue five dropped. I read it first thing. I woke up, I grabbed my iPad, and I started reading. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't bathe this body (laughs) in any way. I just got right to the business of reading issue five. And I got to the end, and I was like, Lisa, I need you to read this right now. And Lisa, what did you say? I said, Somebody has to go out <laughs> and get and get the bacon. Is yeah. that the saying? Yeah, somebody I has had to, to go to work. But as soon as I got home, I did read it. I had feelings. Yeah, like that yes, I had feelings. And you always have feelings with a Daniel Warren Johnson book, you know, like Murder Falcon. I mean, that's a gut punch. Uh, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. uh, That's a gut punch. Beta Ray Bill is a gut punch, but it's a different kind of gut punch. I think back to the first issue and the conversation in between Thor and Beta Ray Mm -hmm. Bill and Beta Ray Bill saying like, I can't be in your shadow all of the time anymore. I need to find myself and I need to find Odin. I need another weapon because I just don't feel whole. And so we went on on this journey with Beta Ray Bill to find how to make himself whole again. Mm-hmm. And it's been an impossible journey for him. It's been so hard. And he's had his friends at his side. He's had Scuttlebutt and Pip and Scourge, but it's still been a crucible for him. And I asked Daniel Warren Johnson on our interview with him, like, is the lesson that he's going to learn be worth, be worth all of this trial and tribulation? And uh, he gave me kind of one of those like, "Ah, I don't, I can't give away. And um, of course he did. It is his right. Um, But I come away from this final issue going, did he actually find an answer or is he just discovering more questions? Well, that's the thing, right? So when you get done with Murder Falcon and Wonder Woman Dead Earth and other Daniel Warren Johnson books, it's obvious, or at least to me, it's obvious how I should feel about the journey, about the odyssey. But when you get to the end of Beta Ray Bill number five, That's why I wanted you to read it immediately, because I was not exactly sure how I should be feeling regarding Bill's place in the universe and Bill's self-image, right? Yeah, my interpretation has been evolving since I've read the issue, and we've talked about it a little bit. Um, and I think I've I've made my peace with it. I still love it as part of the whole. Yeah, well, well let's, no, let's not just jump right to the ending. 
that just gives you, the listener, an idea of how we're feeling as we're having this conversation. I think I think this is a comic where I would like to start at the beginning, Lisa style, <laughs> and, and, and talk about it. Because it opens immediately after the last issue. Surtur is there. The Twilight Sword is there. It's showdown. It's a royal rumble. This is going to be a brawl. And... As promised by Daniel on the last episode, links in the show notes, this is a fight that is knockout and 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 filled with all these awesome lifts from wrestling moves. I'm sure if I was Jason Ayers, I'd be able to go, go like, oh, that's a that and that's a that. Uh, I only know the Rainmaker the, from <laughs> the issue two. Um, but what, you look at all these moves and it's, it is just this gnarly fight. And I love how he taunts Surtur down to his size. You know, you like, don't be this colossal against poor tiny me meet me on my level and let let's... us fight like mortals yeah let's fight like mortals what did you think of that scene lisa i think the important thing to remember about this fight is that it's to impress a sword <laughs> right so like it opens with uh Surtur going like twilight doesn't like me anymore and twilight <laughs> is the best sword so i am going to defeat you for the for for Twilight. Twilight is wise. Twilight is beautiful. And uh, Beta Ray Bill is like, you killed my people. You killed my family. Why don't you fight someone your own size, as in get really small and fight me? I love that first page, to your point, you know, impressing the sword, how, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson splits the two points of view right down the center. So on the right hand, we have Surtur going like, Twilight is wise, Twilight is beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then on the left side, you have Beta Ray Brill just exploding his emotions upon Surtur. So Beta Ray Bill is like pumping himself up, remembering his torment, and Surtur's pumping himself up, you know, trying to, like to use your word, impress the sword. And what you get is like a comedy element on the right, and a tragedy element on the left. You chuckle at Surtur, but you're aching for Bill. On this page, at least, there's more for Bill than just getting the sword. But then the fight that they have is certainly not the fight of mortals, because it's a fight that shakes the earth of hell enough to help Scuttlebutt and Scourge with their plan. During that first read... I was taken aback by how much space Daniel Warren Johnson gives to the fight. Obviously, this is like a moment that the comic has been building to, but I also know that this is not the most important aspect of this story. So as I kept turning pages and I kept looking at blow after blow after blow, I kept waiting for Scuttlebutt to come back into the story, for Scourge to come back into the story. But I don't think that that's how every reader is going to read the comic. I think that some people are into the Beta Ray Bill story for the action. Yeah, and when you pick up a Daniel Warren Johnson comic, you want something that's metal AF, right? Mm -hmm. And he delivers metal AF. But for me, I was just, I was getting a little like, oh no, oh no, like, is, is this just going to be a fight comic? It can't just be a fight comic. But it isn't, it isn't. Keep turning the pages. Right, right. And we do get this, this moment where Scuttlebutt calls for Scourge and says like, I'm going to need you. Let's, 
Let's convert the ship into this device that is going to absorb the seismic shock waves from the brawl. And then we have the moment with Pip, right? So, you know, what what does all great action have to be? All great action has to tell story. It has to tell the story, the overarching story. And ultimately, that's what this battle does, this brawl does. Absolutely. And I think that when you're reading a comic for the first time mm. to satisfy your curiosity, that first read is always like you're fighting turning the pages too quickly to yeah. get your answers that you're not appreciating what's on the page. In and front I of failed you. this morning on that first <laughs> read. I was racing through this comic. And whenever I read comics, I'm like turning the page. I'm like, okay, fight, 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 turn the page, fight, fight, fight. Where, where, where's the talking? Um, so I relate. Uh, I want to go to where some talking happens. I want to go <laughs> to where Scuttlebutt asks Scourge to stay behind mm. because that's extremely, that's a big ask for Scourge because he's yep. like, I'm his wingman. I need to be in there. I need to be with him. But with the sentence, with the question, do you trust me? Like Scuttlebutt asks him, do you trust me? And he does place that trust in her to do this plan that he doesn't completely understand. And she doesn't even really tell him until the magic moment. Scourge's arc in this series is really interesting because he does join because he's been peeping on Beta Ray Bill. In the bedroom. And, yeah, and, he, and he's like, you know, what you need is a quest. I'm going to be your wingman on this quest and we are going to create a story. We're going to create a song worthy of the halls of Valhalla together. And then he meets... Scuttlebutt or the ship that becomes this version of Scuttlebutt and Pip and he bonds hard to them almost immediately too and so when you do get that question of like do you trust me there's a pause there but it also makes sense given his characteristics in this series particularly that he says yeah okay he literally is just there to help yeah uh I I don't think he completely wraps his mind around what Beta Ray Bill needs because initially he was like, you know what? You just need to get your wick wet. You just <laughs> yeah. need to swing an ax or something for a little bit and you'll be back to your old self. But that's not the old self that Beta Ray Bill is trying to go back to. And I think by this issue, he's realized that to a certain point. And he realizes that at the moment when Surtur is here and he's watching his friend get demolished because Surtur is, even in his tiny little form, bringing a world of hurt to Beta Ray Bill. It's a devastating attack. These kicks are evocative. Yeah. I mean, they look like they hurt. There's yeah. like one panel... Oh, it's not until later, but where Beta Ray Bill gets a knee to the jaw, yeah. and I can feel my teeth gnash together. Yeah, you can you can sense, even though we're not WWE people, that Dana Warren Johnson has learned a lot about selling an impact mm. through wrestling. Like you can feel the type of wrestling brutality in these pages, in these panels. I found it. Yes. It's on page seven. And the onomatopoetics is oh. also great where they 
almost become part of the background, but there's like this whole big like the walk yeah, it's, on that page. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful good. and also just very painful. Mm. And it looks like dark times for Beta Ray Bill. Like he might not survive this fight. Thankfully, while Scourge and Scuttlebutt are planning and building something, Pip actually jumps into the action. And he has this like very Ripley from Aliens moment. He doesn't say like, get away from her, you bitch. I think he says something along the lines of like, get away from her, you beast. Yeah, get away from him, you beast. Yeah, no, it's I. It's a reference, I think. Yeah, it's 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 an Aliens moment. And he unloads this machine gun onto Surtur, and Surtur is disturbed by it. He does cease uh, tearing Beta Ray Bill in half, and he directs his wrath upon Pip, and he just jams his hand right through Pip's chest. Pip unloads on Surtur as Surtur is taunting Bill with... You know, like, do these burns feel familiar? Ugh. This is how I burned your people Ugh. back on your planet when I destroyed it. Ugh. And um, once he realizes Pip is behind him because he's getting bullets in him and stuff, he whips around and he tells Pip, like, and now the end is here for all of you. And Pip is actually wearing... An explosive vest. Oh, yeah, he is. So I interpret that as Pip was anticipating either not making it. I mean, he's a troll against a fire demon. Not not just a fire demon, the fire demon. He just, he seems prepared to do the sacrifice play for Beta Ray Bill and Beta Ray Bill's mission. But he does also have the ability to teleport. Yeah, yes. So he's used to getting himself out of tight spots. But when he looks down and sees Surtur's wrist, yeah. essentially, because Surtur's fingies are on the other side of him, yeah. he says, but at least we won't die alone, unlike you. Yeah, it's his final like middle finger to Surtur. And he slams down on the button and teleports at the same time. And there is this enormous explosion that doesn't really slow Surtur down all that much. I've been thinking a lot about Pip's function in this story. How in the first issue, he approached Beta Ray Bill almost like a fan. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen what you do. I think it's amazing. Um, and... Bill kind of just shrugs him off. And I thought what attracted Pip to Bill was like, you know what it's like to be unsightly and, you know, and have people be disgusted by you. To be dismissible. Right. But now I think that perhaps what attracted him to Bill was that Bill was lonely and Pip was lonely. And, and he, he was having this emotional resonance of this lonely guy is still willing to lay his life on the line for these people who are rejecting him. And that's a way that I admire him. And so when he sees Bill and Surtur in conflict and he sees Bill going down he has to throw himself into the ring. He has to tag in. Because he has to prove that Bill is not alone, yeah. like Bill was afraid of. Yeah, I hadn't considered that, but um, I, you've, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, you know, you say that 
you know, this attack, this explosion doesn't really slow Surtur down. And that's true, but it does give Bill a chance to catch his breath. And in catching his breath, he stands up and he's able to jump on Surtur and throw Surtur off this cliff onto one of these massive, gnarly Muspelheim church spires, impaling the fire demon and, you know, claiming victory? Mm, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, because Surtur goes like, wait, I'm not little. Yeah, and I don't need to play <laughs> by your rules, Bill. I love that when he gets big, though, the, <laughs> the big hole in his gut, like, grows in proportion. Yeah, it's yeah. still an enormous <laughs> hole it's, through him. It's gnarly. It's gnarly. It reminds me of, like, I don't know, like it recalls images of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Ghostbusters oh, yeah. a little bit. I bet it's really gooey in that <laughs> hole. <laughs> or I think about uh, uh, Ursula at the end of The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. When uh, a ship fully goes through her. <laughs> right. And what's in there? Just like, <laughs> I, We I don't no think idea. about those things. We don't think about those. But here's the moment now for Scuttlebutt and Scourge. Wait. There's one more oh, thing oh, that okay. Surtur says where he goes like, I'm done with these games. You've angered me, horseface. Sword or no sword, I'm ending this. Yeah. So for Surtur, it has been sword, sword, sword the whole time. And we've seen Beta Ray Bill process a lot of grief. He's been saying, these are for the children of Corbinite. This is for the life you've taken away from me and taken away from others. And Surtur's fight went no deeper yeah. than my sword doesn't like me anymore. And so when Bill puts him on that church steeple, he has humiliated Surtur. He has won already. Like, if Bill died in that moment, he can claim some kind of victory over Surtur for shaming him so hard. And Surtur is only fighting for himself. Now, at that this point where Beta Ray Bill is fighting for so many. Mm. And, in, and in comic book terms, like, you've already lost. Like, if you're... If your um, fight is bigger, if it outweighs the pettiness of the other person's fight, you're going to win. Yeah, that's true. And again, I don't want to jump to the ending. That victory isn't as triumphant as I was expecting when I started this issue. But now we're at the moment, Lisa. Yes. Where Scourge gets to pull a trigger. And I was I was a little flabbergasted with myself that I was not anticipating Scuttlebutt turning into a giant cannon for Scourge to fire because of course she does. And she looks amazing. Like the intricacy. I love the panels where she's walking towards Scourge mm -hmm. and you see all of this like mechanism mm -hmm. coming off of her completely human face. And I just find, I just see so much passion in those images and um, desperation for like scuttlebutt going like, I need this from you. I need your skills. Cause I can't do this alone. I can't pull the trigger. And so you turn the page and you have this awesome two page splash of the scuttlebutt cannon could check. And this little pink circle, the pink being the, the same color as the axe on Scourge's chest. 
And he's weeping. He's so verklempt reaching for the trigger. And it's actually like the next page where I feel this whirlwind, this tsunami of emotion for what Scuttlebutt is doing because Scourge is so happy to have his hands around the gun and he's thanking Scuttlebutt. But then you have this like face on panel of Scuttlebutt looking at Scourge as he's holding onto her gun. They're looking at each other as he takes aim on Surtur and her expression is it's forlorn. Mm. It's, it's, it's sorrowful. I think she's it's afraid. Worried. I think she's afraid it's not going to work. Yeah. I think that she's worried. She's scared, right? And I think that she also is worried about time. Yeah, yeah. I think that she's like, you know, like enough tears, you big baby. Like, let's do this thing so we can save this person who's so important. I just to me. think it's a very complicated expression that I'm going to be thinking about a lot mm. on rereads. But Scourge does what he does. He pulls the trigger, click, bam. And then we get another massive two-page splash of the blast going through Surtur's chest. And you have on the far right-hand corner, Bill kind of hobbled, bleeding, holding onto himself. He is in rough shape. But I think we've got victory here. Oh, wait, no, there's one Final activity that has to happen, Lisa. He got to get his mitts on that sword. And it's, you know, it's a sword of the stone moment. Uh, Bill puts his grip on Twilight, yanks it, whoosh. It's uh, just a gorgeously rendered image. And we haven't said anything about Mike Spicer's colors yet, but his colors are crucial in this moment because you get this, you know, you get the twilight smoke surrounding the blade. And as it's being pulled out, you see just the Surtur fire smoke around it. It's 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 a magnificent panel. It's like, luminous. If I could own one panel from this entire comic because I was a millionaire, <laughs> this would be the panel I would want to own. And then it's on the next page where he finally gets to drop that blade on Surtur's neck and end the demon. Surtur is impressed, I think, because he sees... Mm. He sees Beta Ray Bill holding the sword and he laughs and he says, the sword, it agrees with you, Corbinite. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's got to be a little stunned and disappointed, but he also has to recognize you have to kneel to the king. You got to throw some respect at Bill for having taken this blade and end your life. I wonder, though, because it's not like Mjolnir, where Mjolnir is like, you're worthy, you're so good. I mean, like, it's a little like Mjolnir because Serta couldn't just lift the sword out, right? But, but what is it weighing you by? Mm. Like, what is it? Like, is there something about this sword that I don't understand? No, well, I don't think you should be proud necessarily to be the wielder of Twilight. That's that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, like, it, there, I, I, you know, it is... It is a weapon of this demon, mm -hmm. right? So, like, it is a it's a it is a villainous tool, uh, and but but that's why he's impressed, right? Because like right. that's his tool that he has been denied, and now Beta Ray Bill has it. Beta, like the sword, Twilight has deemed Bill worthy of this moment, right? Right, because he's such a badass fighter. Is that why? 
I mean, I guess. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I assume that's the reason. Although maybe it's more like a judgment against Surtur, right? It allows Bill to carry to carry Twilight so that Bill can vanquish Surtur. Maybe Twilight's just done with that guy. What I'm saying is, like, Twilight has only been wielded by, like, the worst of the worst. Yeah. yeah. And it, it contains the powers uh, of multiple planets. And I think it's like the Infinity Stone where it's just, like, so much power existing in one place, like to have that power will ultimately like turn you evil somehow. Odin, when he had the opportunity, destroyed it. Yeah, because it is a planet killer. It's a universe killer. It brings on Ragnarok. So I wonder if one, like Twilight approving of Beta Ray Bill is like, seeing a badness or a darkness within him I mean, or that, a power hungriness in him. I think you could. Or cons- a weakness ultimately. You I don't could know. consider that this comic does not answer that. I think you could also consider what I just said, that it wants to move on from Surtur. Cause it's right? just exhausted. Like I've been in Muspelheim doing nothing like forever. Yeah. You've, you failed to do my mission. So why should you exist? That could also be the question. I think what is certain is that now that Bill has Twilight and he's carrying it in his armory, uh, that does not necessarily sit well with him. Right. But I guess the important thing to this story is what happens immediately after Beta Ray Bill chops Surtur's head off because he he looks at the sword and he says, that was for my home. And then he transforms back into his Corbinite self and he says, and this is for me. So those are like two separate acts, like beheading Surtur was the end of one mission and now I I guess I deserve this, or now it's time for this. It's time for me to return to my former form. Well, yeah, this quest ends with him completing some form of justice for his people and in the process regaining his ability to be his Corbinite self, to transform himself. It's an eat your cake and have it too, or is it, right? Mm-hmm. But Lisa, when you got to this page, did you see the transformation immediately on the page flip? Oh, like did I look down at the bottom? Yeah, did you see like, oh, it's happened. He he is now back to his original self. I think I did read the page from top to bottom. Yeah, I don't, so did I. I. And then when I got to that bottom right-hand corner, I was kind of like, oh no. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I literally read it as a comic book should be read, which is a way I never normally read a comic. Like, so if you go to the earlier scene with uh, Scuttlebutt turning into a trigger, like I saw the trigger first and I knew what was coming and I went, oh damn, I got to catch up to this moment. But here I was so focused on the decapitation and Surtur's words of awe, if we want to call them that, that when I got to the left panel on the bottom and I saw like big beefy Beta Ray Bill, uh, you know, say his thing, you know, uh, this is for my home. And then I looked to the right and I saw Beta Ray Bill as his OG self. And I went, oh, oh, I was I was generally shocked. And I don't know if I would call the word disappointed, but I was I was like, I, I like my 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 heart dropped a little. Yeah, because him being 
in his former self again? Does that mean that his journey is kind of over? That he's not going to Beta Ray Bill anymore? Well, I mean, it, I guess it's a, it's originally his name, but is he going to cease to exist as we know him? Like, yeah, right, exactly. You know, he wants to be his old self. We don't want him to be his <laughs> old self. His current self is the cool self. That's the action figure we all want to play with, right? We don't want to play with this smooth-faced guy. <laughs> and I, I think back to that scene with Sif, yeah. Where Sif was going like, I'm willing to br- to bed you. And he's like, no, you're not, because I'm ugly and I know it. Goodbye. Yeah. And I didn't want him to think that, like, the answer to his problems was uh, his appearance. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we don't get the reunion with Sif. Dana Warren Johnson isn't interested in showing what happens when this version of Beta Ray Bill comes home to Asgard, or is that home anymore? I mean, I don't, I don't Where know. Where is he even gonna go? I don't know. I don't know. But like, I, I see him like that, and honestly, like the next page, honestly, the next two pages with the Valkyries showing up and and bringing uh, uh, Scourge back to Valhalla, I. I, I was re I read those pages, but I wasn't caring about those pages. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, Scourge is going back to Valhalla, whatever, whatever, whatever. What, what's happening? What's happening with Bill? I need to know what, what, where do we go from here? I think that the page um, where Scourge is, his ride is like, okay, we've come to pick you up, son. We're taking you back home to Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep. Um, I think that's a very sweet page because that's, uh, the page where we get to see that Pip is, in fact, okay. Thank goodness. He is going to survive. And we get this beautiful panel of Scourge saying he was never worried with an expression on his face that he was very worried. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And over the course <laughs> of this journey, they've become brothers, yeah, you know? Yeah. They've become very no, tight. They're two great pages. And on the reread, I really enjoyed them. But that's not where my head was after the transformation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like it was almost like my brain left my body because I was so frazzled, oh. and 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 I, and I was racing to get to let's talk, let like let's figure out what we're gonna do now with this version of Bill. After Scourge and Bill say say their goodbyes and they embrace, Beta Ray Bill is once again alone in his ship, and. Hook is playing once again. Yeah, I was really surprised by the Hook callback. I love it. And it's the scene that always makes me cry because Peter Banning, played by Robin Williams, has gotten, like, he has to save his kids from Captain Hook. And he realizes that he's not going to be able to do that without getting his Peter Pan powers back. And the. Lost Boys have completely lost faith in him, and they don't really believe that he's actually Peter Pan. He ju- they think he he's just some bloated old dude. And so Rufio goes like, you know, uh, some of you have expressed skepticism. He didn't say that, but essentially. <laughs> like, so if you think this guy is not Peter Pan, cross this line. And so he draws this line in the sand and 
all of these kids like cross to go stand with Rufio, except for one small kid. I think his name is something adorable, like pockets or buttons, something <laughs> cute. And he starts mushing Peter Banning's face and trying to smooth it out. And he pulls his two cheeks and pulls them completely f- straight. And he looks into Robin Williams' sweet and desperate eyes and goes, Oh, there you are, Peter. And I just weep. Yeah, I've been there. I've witnessed it. Because the child sees the innocence underneath all of the layers. Uh And like it makes me wonder about our initial interpretation of the hook scene. Right. Because I go, is Beta Ray Bill Rufio? Or is Beta Ray Bill Peter Pan, and he just wants to go back to being the lighthearted child he was back in Corbinite Never Never Land. I mean, I think within the context of the first issue, our seeing seeing him as Rufio and Thor as Peter Pan, I think that still works. I still think that's how it is in that first issue. But then you get to this, this final issue, uh, the fifth issue, and, you know, it's it, the, the layout of the scene is really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So Bill is in the armory with Twilight under glass or under force field or whatever, and he's looking directly at it. He's not watching Hook. Hook is playing on a monitor behind him over his shoulder. And it's also in another monitor in another room playing toward Scuttlebutt as she's crossing the threshold walking in. So... Hook is playing throughout the ship. And I I want to know who put Hook on. I did think... Bill request Hook or did Scuttlebutt put Hook on? Oh, oh, that's interesting. Like, because I just think of it as maybe Beta Ray Bill's like comfort thing. Like, I've been stressed, so I've just been watching Great British Bake Off. I do think that that's true. I do think that this is a comfort film for Bill. But I know that Scuttlebutt knows that too. Mm-hmm. And so... It, my headcanon for this scene, and it could change given rereads, but at the moment, my headcanon for this scene is she sees Bill staring at this blade. Bill is in a contemplative state. Has he done right? Was he? Was this all worth it? Is this who he wants to be? He's trying to figure it out, and Scuttlebutt presses play onto this scene. Do you think that she's pockets or buttons? Uh, yes, yes. And that she sees him? Yes, oh, I love yes. that. And she's saying, like, there's there's Bill. There's Bill who's always been there. Mm-hmm. Bill's not lost. That's how I read this scene. I love that. I'm for it. Now we're on the last page. <laughs> yeah, and I was floored to realize it was the last page. I know, page. It, it sneaks up on you. Like, it, it slapped the hell out of me. This page starts with a black panel. And we see like the shape of an eye opening and we realize that we're seeing Bill in his restored form from Pip's perspective. And Pip says like, you did it. You're back to your old self. I'm happy for you. You got exactly what you wanted. Yep. You're whole again. And we have this and this image of Beta Ray Bill who looks wistful at best, and he turns his back on 
Pip, like everybody does when they're about to tell the truth. <laughs> Sarcasm. And he looks out the window and he says, you're right, Pip. I couldn't be happier. But in his reflection, instead of seeing his new form, he sees his old form. And so he's clearly having some conflict it internally about how successful this journey really was, or he's having some kind of body dysphoria, even though he's changed and he should have everything that he, all of those feelings that he was anticipating, he's not feeling any different. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, is this a happy ending, Lisa? Is this a sad ending? I, I, I think that Bill is not satisfied Mm. in the way that he anticipated. I think that that's what this last panel is showing us. Yeah. Yeah. I like for me, you know, you uh, in, in these adventure stories where you travel into Mordor to toss the one true ring into Mount Doom Uh, And you succeed. That was the mission. You did it. And you're changed by the mission. It's what we talked about with Daniel Warren Johnson in our interview, right? Like the journey changes you. What is interesting to me and troubling to me about the ending of this comic is that he is he succeeds. He wanted this form back. He got that form. And when he got it, now he he seems unsure of the success of this mission. Well, I think back to that scene again with Odin in the pub mm-hmm. where like Odin tries to give him like the same old song and dance, like, Hey, your beauty is on the inside right. and all of that stuff. And, uh, Bill goes like, that doesn't satisfy me. Right. Like, I, that's not what I need. And uh, and Odin goes like, okay, well, it's going to be a dark journey. And I, I don't think he entirely meant, like, it's just, it's going to be a big bother to get down into Muspelheim and, you know, like, Surtur, he's like a bit. I think that, like, this, like, this isn't going to be the path to satisfaction. I think his his path to satisfaction is going to be discovering the light that's inside him. But it's just having some someone tell him that is not going to do the job. I think that the journey is not done. Well, right, the journey is not done, but Daniel Warren Johnson is done with this story, right? I know. And what is fascinating to me about Beta Ray Bill as a five-issue miniseries from Daniel Warren Johnson is that he does not give you the scene where Sif or whomever tells him, look, you know, it, this wasn't about you looking better. Mm-hmm. This wasn't about you becoming the pretty guy again. You know, so that scene doesn't exist in this comic. The The punctuation, the period on this story is the sense of, huh. And that is a, like, that is an astonishing place to stop this tale. Well, I can say the like super um, pessimistic thing and go like, well, the status must be quoed, you know, and if like if 
Peter Parker realizes, you know, I can't control everything. Uncle Ben, unfortunate. I really couldn't have anticipated it. And so I've really Uh come to peace with that. Like he wouldn't be Spider-Man anymore. And I think that um, Beta Ray Bill has to continue being Beta Ray Bill because we love the character. Right. So if he ultimately goes like, oh man, I am whole again. And, you know, Corbinite no longer exists, but I'm going to find a nice place and settle down and have a bunch of little tan babies. Yeah. Like, the character would be done. Right. So, like, that uh, that cynical side is, like, the demon on my shoulder. And he's like, Brad, the next writer's going to come on and just ignore all the growth (laughs) and internal struggle that Bill went through. And... Then, you know, he's going to he's going to be able to use the Twilight Blade if he continues to use the Twilight Blade to jump back and forth between forms. Right. Mm-mm. You know, to, to Shazam it. Um, and and maybe that'll happen and maybe it won't. But but ignoring whatever comes next for Beta Ray Bill and just looking at this story as this being a climax to Beta Ray Bill's story, ending it where it does. It feels honest in a way I was not anticipating as I was reading this comic. Mm-hmm. You know, it leaves it in progress because life is always in progress. You never solve the issue of your self-image. You're constantly battling that image, that self-image. Who are you? What do I want? All that jazz, right? And if Bill continues, and we know he will... I would like to see that struggle also continue. Uh, and, and, you know, frankly, like, of course, I would love for Daniel Warren Johnson to do another Beta Ray Bill story in the future. And I'll cross my fingers for that. But at the same time, I do think even on this question mark ending that Daniel has has given us an ending. It might not be the ending I was expecting. It might not be the satisfying climax that. Uh, he learned his lesson. Right, that you would see in a, a lesser work. I, I like. I do think this is an astonishing climax. I think it's beautiful. And I do think that even if some of the other writers don't readdress these issues and continue these ideas in their cont- continuance of Beta Ray Bill, like, I'm going to. Yeah. Ha- like, my perspective on this character is forever changed and impacted. And I, I will always feel this turmoil underneath the surface. How can I not? Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm going to carry this storyline into all future Beta Ray Bill storylines, whether future writers dare to or not. It's just like Slot and Allred Silver Surfer, right? You know, when you read Donny Cates and Trad Moore's Silver Surfer Black, and there's no mention of Don Greenwood in the the great joy and tragedy of his relationship with Don Greenwood. That's okay because I'm bringing that with me, Donnie Cates. <laughs> you can ignore Don, but I will never ignore Don. And I will never ignore this odyssey of Beta Ray Bills. What if he takes the Twilight Sword and does something terrible? I mean, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I know, like, you, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, how the sword infects. I mean, I, I think that's logical. It's a, it's, it's a I twilight think, sword. I think it's a power that's 
has to be reckoned with. And the idea of him flouncing from planet to planet, like just casually wielding a planet destroyer, it just seems irresponsible to me. (laughs) It's interesting that we read this storyline right before talking about Loki and Loki as experienced in the Everything Mm. Burns arc, uh, which will be the subject of our next episode, because Twilight and the shadow of Twilight feature prominently. The power of Twilight, it's, it's not something you should wield lightly. I also think there are other narrative threads between this and our Loki and Loki discussion about um, can you be someone else despite your past? Yeah. Can you ever return? Like, can you ever be a new person after you've done some certain things or seen so many things? Um, But like right now, what I'm mostly feeling is vulnerable Mm. putting this episode out when like, I feel like I haven't fully processed (laughs) this comic for myself. Like, I feel like I want to go back now and reread the whole thing again, just to make sure that I'm satisfied Mm. With what I take away from the story. Oh, that's the danger of doing an emergency podcast. I know. Right? I resist them. We we read the <laughs> comic today and now we're talking about it, which is something we normally don't do. Normally we take weeks and weeks of uh, soaking and absorbing a storyline before we record an episode. And yeah, I agree. It is a vulnerable thing. Uh, and like how the way I feel about this ending You know, in our last episode, in our introduction to our Daniel Warren Johnson conversation, we talked about how, like, these four issues, the four issues prior to this one, they were building to something that I thought, well, maybe this is my favorite Daniel Warren Johnson comic. Maybe I like this more than Murder Falcon. Maybe I like this more than Wonder Woman Dead Earth. And and, and because of how this book ends and how, like... Um, uh, emotionally weird and um, uncomfortable, I feel, about this conclusion regarding Beta Ray Bill. Like, I think it's a great ending. I do think this is a very powerful ending, and I wouldn't change it. But because it's, I'm still grappling with it like you are, I am no longer confident that this is my favorite Daniel Warren Johnson story. Like, you know, I'm still going to give it to Murder Falcon. Murder Falcon is like a jewel, though. Like, it is self-contained. It's like a... It doesn't have the problems that Beta Ray Bill does. Well, Beta Ray Bill is... Yeah, Beta Ray Bill is a semicolon. Yeah. Where Murder Falcon is like an exclamation point. Yeah. Um, And so... So, yeah. So, if you're a semicolon, of course you're going to feel in between complete thoughts. At the same time... I am going to revisit Beta Ray Bill over and over again the way that I do his other books. And so I could see myself coming to a better terms with this ending because I am excited by it, but I'm also troubled by it. It's, I'm confused. I, and I, I, like, I like that uncertainty. I, I mean, like very rarely in a quest story when somebody's like, there's this thing that I want. Like the... 
they're never satisfied by getting everything that they want. Like the, the message of every quest story is like the thing that you think you want is not actually the thing that you need. Right. But normally there's the scene where the hero learns that and this doesn't have that scene. And I think that's awesome, but strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's Beta Ray Bill. Ardent star. Let us know your thoughts because clearly we're unresolved. We're yeah. processing emotions. Yeah, but I mean, I, I do hope that the listeners know that I'm giving this two thumbs way up. And I do think it's the most exciting Marvel comic of the year, without a doubt. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. Yeah, but I do, uh, yeah. Send us your thoughts. Uh, our email address is uh, cbccpodcast at gmail.com, at cbccpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, message us, DM us. We want to know. Well, I guess we've already touched on what our next episode, our non-emergency, everything's <laughs> going great episode. Right, right. Uh, Everything Burns, the story arc that jumps between The Mighty Thor by Matt Fraction and Alan Davis and Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen. Uh, it's, I just finished it the other day. It is a weird, weird little tale. Uh, Kid Loki focused, and I is Kid Loki my favorite Loki? Maybe? Really? I, I really like Kid Loki. Thori might be my favorite Thor. Uh, well, th yeah, Thori is awesome. <laughs> I want a whole comic around Thori. But that's what we're going to be covering on the next episode. Episode 69, dudes. Up top. Well, just like Beta Ray Bill, at the end of issue number five of Daniel Warren Johnson's Beta Ray Bill, I, too, am feeling unsure about where my journey is supposed to go next. But in the meantime, Brad... Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? You took me on a real journey there. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send the Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art, send them to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, mm. you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. Uh, I think, Lisa, we should do a hook bonus episode. What? I think that would be a lot of fun. Are you just saying that? No, nope, I'm dead serious. Oh. Beta Ray Bill made me reconsider Hook. I think it's time for a rewatch. Daniel Warren Johnson, you have done what I never could. <laughs> if you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cbccpodcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts, and if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. He's been saying, these are for the children of Corbite. Corbinite. Corbinite? Corbite. Corbite. Cornobite? <laughs>